The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Yeah, that's the name of the show. Welcome back I to Beyond, startled. everybody. <laughs> it was a very exciting one. We had a little drum roll from our own musician. My name is Max Scoville. I'm here today with my good friends Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. Zach Ryan on What's the drums. Up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> and on a lot of times. What's up? And we're all <laughs> we're all like a little bit off, a little bit weird because Yeah, bear with us today because it's yeah. gonna be fast and loose. E3 yeah. was either last week or four months ago. I can't tell which. Nobody knows. Uh, or people, is it still going? People during E3 kept being like, What's your favorite thing that you saw? And be like, I've seen things. Yeah. Kept being like, I don't remember. Any we, of it. Except we were when there. I asked you that one time, you're like, "Yeah, I've seen some." <laughs> we were there for like a week before, the, or like five days before the show floor opened, and I like halfway through the second day of the show floor, someone walked up to me and was like, "How's your day too?" And I was burst into tears. <laughs> we have been there for like yeah. seven days already. No, uh, we, uh, we started early doing the whole live pre and post stuff for uh, for EA. There was tech rehearsals before that. It was just, I feel like ideally in a perfect world E3 would get shorter as I get older but I'm getting older and it's getting, it's getting longer, longer and I'm just like this is this is a lot I mean with I, that yeah. Hitman event like it's now it started on Thursday and ended on Thursday but there was yeah. also like so many reveals that week leading yeah. into it and then like I, I in a similar way like a very nice NVC fan came up to me and was talking to me on the show floor and at one point was like I mean the E3 must be like a vacation for you guys and it was just like uh, I have to walk away no. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's a funny it's a funny dual thing because it is incredible. Like there are moments every day where I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm actually like playing Kingdom Hearts or the playing favorite. My favorite week of the year every year, but also the hottest week of the year. Every yeah, year. that's exactly. Fall that's apart. Yeah. Yeah. Our our friend Yusuf from Ubisoft described it as sleepaway camp for adults, which I think is just about <laughs> the best description because yeah. it's like you have so many activities during the day and then you stay up all night yeah. with your friends. Yeah. 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 No, it's I mean it's it's finals and spring break at the same time. So So I don't want to sound like we're complaining about it. It was, it was yeah, very cool. No, it was amazing. Yeah, it was an yeah. amazing week. Most of this most of the episode we're going to talk about stuff we saw at E3 that we didn't get a chance to talk about enough. But really quick, uh, a quick PSA. Uh, 
PlayStation 4 greatest hits are now a thing, which is awesome because it means you can get awesome uh, games for 20 bucks a pop. Uh, and that includes, really quick, here's the list Bloodborne, Ratchet and Clank, Doom, Drive Club, Infamous Second Son, Killzone, Shadow Fall, Little Big Planet 3, The Last of Us Remastered, Battlefield 4, Uncharted 4, Project Cars, Yakuza 0, and Yakuza Kiwami, and Metal Gear Solid 5 Definitive Experience, and Street Fighter 5. Those are some good video games. That's a lot yeah. of good games. Yeah. And for 20 bucks a pop, physical, that means that you can, you know, you can buy it, check it out. If you hate it, return it, trade it in, you know, throw it at your friend, whatever. It's a nice I actually kind of miss the era when I don't remember what it was what it was for PlayStation 3 but I know the Xbox 360 it was classics mm-hmm. what, what was it for PS3 I think it was greatest, greatest hits, hits. Yeah. it was yeah. still greatest hits yeah. well yeah. I liked seeing it like physically in stores being like oh this is a game that's like totally well I hate it it's as so a collector because it like at, like the PS1 ones are like bright green and awful looking yeah but for I a long still... time I had Final Fantasy 7 with a big like green stripe down the and side and that's like you're a fake fan yeah. you didn't but, buy that at launch but, you bought it later uh, on the flip side you're totally right that's an incredible deal and it's, yeah. for, especially for people if you just bought a PS4 right now and then all these games are only 20 bucks it's incredible I mean of this list every game you need I think it was was a red banner on PS3 too yeah Yeah, Yeah, from the top yeah Yeah. of this list like Bloodborne Ratchet and Clank Doom Hmm. Infamous uh, The Last of Us uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 (laughs) like 20 bucks for any of those games that's dozens and dozens of hours the weird one to me is Killzone very good because Killzone is Fine, but it's like it, it sold so well because it was a launch title. And yeah. I don't really feel like there are that many people right now clamoring. <laughs> you to think play that maybe like, oh man, everyone loves Gorilla. Yeah. yeah, everyone loves that studio. The game sells so well. It's just put them all out. <laughs> no, I feel like they always do that with launch titles. Uh, yeah. and like they, Drive they, Club's the same boat. They're yeah. also going to keep adding to this. Obviously, we're going to get Horizon at some point mm-hmm. on there. Um, yeah, but there's that's I don't know that's such a nice sort of thing like when everyone's sort of riding high off of E3 announcements and big stuff and it's like I mean if you you know if if you're listening to the show and you don't have a PS4 well it's a great time to get a PS4 because there's still so much stuff coming out for it on the way um, yeah so E3 happened it was a grand old time speaking of stuff coming out on the PlayStation 4 so much stuff so many things to talk about and I figure we could just kind of go through and just talk about some of the stuff we saw yeah yeah, um, yeah there's uh, let's let's just get it out there Cyberpunk 2077. That's a video. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What a demo. I, I generally think it's the best demo I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't really want to think, uh, you know, too hyperbolically here, but, like, the only thing I can compare... I can compare this to uh, seeing The Witcher 3 behind closed doors at E3 2013, which was, again, one of those things that I walked out of, and I was like, I don't I don't have any gameplay to show you. There's We obviously got the trailer to go on, but, like, there's no... Like it, they do, they're, they're so smart to show an incredible chunk of gameplay and then have it be a secret because everyone has to go out and sort of evangelize it and hype it up. And also, I think part of it is that they were one of the studios that got bitten with the way that The Witcher Three looked before launch and when it came out. They were like, "Oh, you downgraded it," and yeah, it's like I fans mean, were pretty mad about that. No, I mean, they're doing yeah. they're doing the exact same thing. They I think they're worried Witcher, about though. that. Yeah. They're worried about showing it off and then having fans be like, "It doesn't look as good now." And it's like they don't. When devs do that, they're not doing it on purpose. It's just that they've added more stuff in the more stuff you add right. in the most stuff you have to take out so it's it's complicated no, I, mean, I think that's probably part of it. i think there's yeah. something really special about showing gameplay uh like especially a good a good substantial chunk of it they showed a 50 minute long demo that is insane that is a lot of game to show yeah. and they were playing it and it was like here's this in action it's not done yet but bear with us uh and everybody who watched it had to like you have to you have to take notes and you have to like you have to mentally recognize the things that jump out at you it's not as simple as being like Anyway, here's the gameplay. Check it out, you know? Yeah. So we gave this our game of the show for E3, uh, coveted IGN award. Last year went to Super Mario Odyssey. This year went to Cyberpunk. Um, and I saw similar a lot of people... Games. Yeah, very yeah, similar. Uh, I saw a lot of people in the comment section being like, oh, how could they give a game of the show award to a game that didn't show any gameplay? But it's like, 
we did see that gameplay behind closed doors, and I am hoping that it's one of those things like Uncharted did this a few years ago, where Uncharted showed that big chase sequence. They only showed half of it, and then they showed the rest of that demo BCD, and then you know a couple months down the line they released the whole thing. And I'm hoping that um, Cyberpunk does the same. I'm or hoping at least that in a couple some of it, but like like to Max's this point, power of yeah, gameplay. they could at least put some screenshots. But out to Max's so point, like the they, further they the further away that you oh, get okay. from that demo, the more that you're gonna run into like the the purple monkey dishwasher kind of situation of like so many people are going to be talking about that demo that you're going to get further and further away from what that demo actually was yeah. as people are like I heard this was in it and there's already things that I've forgotten that it's yeah, yeah and it we, is we a talk about demo. what it is yeah. like and they've talked about like like they it's not a vertical slice like they like they made it as part of the game their milestone was to hit the E3 demo and they say it's a branching path of the game like we don't know though and and like when I say it's the best demo I've ever seen I literally just mean that like I don't necessarily think that reflects well, on what the final game is. Well, award is best of show. It's an industry award, and I had conversations with people about that. It's like we're not saying it's the best game that's because we don't know, but yeah. For the best showing for sure and I had people from other studios uh, even Rod Ferguson from the coalition was like how did they keep you entertained for 50 minutes and I was like dude they did yeah. there were multiple parts in that demo where people were like <gasps> yeah they were like gasp so it why, didn't why feel don't we, as long as it was I know why don't we talk about what we saw though yeah. <laughs> like, we're just like let's talk about the conversation um, surrounding it like, yeah no. so they start off showing character creation which is a big mm. part of this yeah which uh, one thing I really like is a backstory so you, it's like a text adventure like Firewatch where you get to choose what your backstory is and major things that have happened in life, which I think is really and like cool. childhood hero. It, yeah. it reminded me a bit of uh, making a character in GTA Online, where it was like mm. you got You don't design your character; you design your parents. You don't do that here, but it's yeah. the same deal. Where it's like, okay, so who's your childhood hero? Why did you move to Night City? Yeah, and then you can also customize your character. You know, up the wazoo. We didn't but, see that though. And you uh, don't pick a class. Like I thought it was really cool that you, the way you kind of adjust to having certain traits is just by playing the game. And so, like, there are certain things that you naturally build up rather than choosing like I'm an engineer or I'm whatever. But it's also not like experiential like Skyrim is uh, for instance like you don't level up specific skills by utilizing them over and over again like right, whereas right. Skyrim like you might get better with a one-handed weapon just by one-handing enemies mm -hmm. but in this game it's very specific like you tailor your class or like the skills that you upgrade through it like by visiting a doctor in a very minority report sort of way where it's like they talk to you about what upgrades you want and then you undergo a procedure. And in the, in our demo, it was like a cybernetic eye being implanted yeah. so that you could, it changed the way your HUD worked. And like, right. it's so really let's interesting. Let's come back to that because yeah. the first person thing is something that's bugging a lot of people. Like they're being I like, don't understand being why like, at all. Because they, I mean, because they haven't seen it in action because it yeah. makes perfect sense. I think there are multiple parts to that because I've spoken about this. So one is people who have motion sickness have trouble with first person. Sure. Max's fiance has a ton of trouble playing a lot of first person games. It's like, a, it's a problem that I didn't really realize existed until I had sat next to Jen and been mm -hmm. like, oh, like you get really sick so that is a problem and it cuts out like 10% of people can't play the game for that reason and I get that it's also because CD Projekt Red said that they were going to have third person as an option and now they don't so I understand that too but for the most part I think it's people not being able to this is a game where you you shoot people in small corridors. Yes, it's an open world, but that's what the mission structure is. It's not a game where you cast spells against a griffin in a field. So it's yeah. like, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I think you're right in that seeing it, it makes more sense. I think yeah. that uh, also, that it, it's, it's a very claustrophobic game. I mean, you look at the fact that, I, I'm sure that people are going to try to compare the size of the map of The Witcher with the size of the map in Cyberpunk, but it, it's sort of a moot point because this is going to be all about like, you know, mega structures and, and uh, you know, it's hallways and corridors. It's a lot of verticality. And, yeah. Really yeah, it's a lot more up you're, than wide. Yeah. You're yeah. in like, dense, overpopulated inner city 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, rather than The Witcher, which is all about scenic vistas and these, so, you know, these landscape paintings. You s- it makes sense to me. Yeah. You start yeah. the, the demo, your character's name is V. Like, that's the code name yeah. that they're using it's like in the all do- the and stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, you start the demo inside your apartment, and, and one of the first things that you do is choose... Do you start in your apartment? I think the demo starts in that, uh, yeah. where you go into yeah, the, the naked the, lady. The, uh, yeah. Oh, you're right. We're already like, it's, whoa. Yeah, right. yeah. The, demo, the demo started off, I was a little bit... I was totally taken aback because I didn't realize this was a first person game and right. it also was just right off the bat very shooty like yeah. it was a first person shooter which I was like so, oh to me not what I wanted but that opening sequence so the opening sequence is you're like you're going in to find uh, a some sort of she's been she has a chip she's a woman that has a chip and like yeah. her so her abduction has set off like a like they she's paid for a specific level of security yeah which exists in the cyberpunk board game law right. um, that I don't know a ton about but basically the idea is that she's like a rich person who can afford this chip that someone is disabled and it will call these like medics when she's in. got yeah, and so she's got find my iPhone turned on for her brain yeah. right yeah. but these bad guys have hacked it so that the uh, the genius bar people can't come and rescue the yeah. iPhone and so yeah. you you find her like in a bathtub of ice like people are obviously going to har- har- harvest like her cybernetic parts and so like you swoop in rescue her and then like that to me felt like a cold open for the demo because there was this incredible sequence where like you you're using out. your cybernetics to look through a wall and shoot an enemy through a wall and that was uh, the first gasp in our demo which yeah, is interesting yeah. because other games have done someone shooting but it didn't a wall. look like the way the, that like the plaster and stuff is like, like splintering even off. Even for him, like, it seemed like yeah. the guy who's shooting you on the other end with this heavy weapon that he has is shooting you because he has an enhancement he can see through the wall, and so you yeah. have to figure out how to get around him without him seeing. And that's you. the thing about the demo, like a lot of the stuff in there is games other or movies have done, but everything about it feels so smart and contextual. And, and like, the thing, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. like the thing that 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 caught me was like. In those other games, that would be those games' thing, right? Like, mm. this game is so cool because you can shoot through a wall. Or this game is so cool because you upgrade your parts like this. This game is all of those things yeah. wrapped into one. This right? game, I mean, from what I've seen, what fascinates me the most mechanically is how it's taking systems we've kind of taken for granted and it breaks them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, to talk to the augmentation part, like, basically, after you do this whole rescue mission and everything, uh, you, well, I, the way you complete the mission as opposed to just go talk to one person and then you get points and the mission's over, a success, whatever... Uh, you take this lady outside and this this ambulance, this flying ambulance shows up and this like terrifying SWAT team gets out and they're like, step away from the bot, step away from the woman. This is our client, whatever, get away from her. And they put down this weird fold out stretcher and they're like, place her right there. And they've got guns pointed at you and you like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm like spitting. I'm so excited about this. Um, and they're, they're just like, they're like, put her down right there. And it's it's like, they don't know if you're, if you're a threat or not. And yeah. I think in that situation, you could basically like, be like, screw it! I'm gonna break the rules and shoot so, you. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like, at, at any given moment in that demo, I more so than a lot of RPGs that I played, I felt like you were always looking at at. 16 branching paths, right? Because it's yeah. like, in that instance, it's like, okay, so what if I just jump off the side of this building with this woman and then like sell her chips to somebody else? Like there's so many options embedded within like what they're showing right mm-hmm. in front of your face. And that's where it's big, like, like in, I think you nailed it earlier when you were talking about sort of the, the structure of it. Um, it. Like it's sort of, it's not GTA, right? Like it, it's open, but it's not that open. But the way it's open is in the structure of the missions themselves. Like I, think I feel like it's that's gonna be Witcher inspired. It's like you know, yeah. The Witcher two did it, and N one did it a lot more than three. And I love all of those games. But basically, you can finish The Witcher two without ever find, fighting the final boss. You can just straight up never actually have conflict with him by doing things in the right order or having 
your conversations with him go the right way. And this feels like more inspired by that, which Definitely. I think is really cool. I think yeah, when the demo, like without spoiling what it is, but when the demo ends, they're like, we also could have done this, 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 and this. And it's like completely insane because each of those paths would have completely So there's that changed. follow-up part where later on there's a mission where you are doing something for one of the kind of crime lords in the city uh, whose name is Dexter, and you are sent to get a robot for him. He needs this like little spider bot that can like, climb on walls and stuff and you go um you're supposed to meet with a company called militech beforehand and you meet with militech and the dialogue options there and there are like at least four things you could have done in that one situation with yeah. militech and then you go to the place that has the spider bot and there are four ways to enter that building and it's like how different could that one side quest have been yeah there's a there's a part when you basically go to this den of, of these these scary hackers and you've got your buddy with you who's the guy with the top knot kind of the sa- samurai Jack, yeah. yeah yeah and he's um he's making a scene like he's being like kind of a like a pain in the ass for these guys well he's not and, sitting down that's well that's that's what i love is he's he's like standing <laughs> up they're like sit. they're like sit down on the couch and they're pointing guns at you and he's like yo what if i don't want to sit down and they like point a gun at him and you have the you have the, the dialogue option to be like uh, either just Jackie, what's wrong with you, or sit down. Uh, and what I love is that in this situation, normally in games, I feel like your character would just say, "Sit down." In this case, choosing the sit down option, she stands up and she puts an arm on him, and she's like, "You need to sit down." And it's it's that level of like keeping. And I mean, to to stress the immersion is sort of that's. I feel like that's it, it doesn't. You got to see it to really get it. But there's so much stuff in there that's. Uh, it keeps you in the world. Like yeah. it, it reminds well, you that you are you are part of this. And let's let's not forget like the the men or the the people that you're dealing with are basically a cybernetic cult. They're people that want so desperately to be machines that they've modified their bodies to like extremes. And so like they literally have their faces cut off and have like robotics implanted just floating in their face. And the design yeah. like that's like, the thing like the aesthetic of this game is so it just feels so perfect of everything I've ever seen of cyberpunk. And like, honestly for me, like I think exactly what you're talking about, the agency that you have as a player kept impressing me so many times because there is a lot of branching dialogue and there, there are all these cool uh, different paths that you could take, but they never feel like they feel so much more robust than I feel like, like a lot of other games that do was that. Are. When you'd be in the middle of a dialogue option and another one would pop up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you're basically depending on what you say, maybe you say something that gets a gun pointed in your face, and the second the gun's in your face, you've got the option to grab gun, which is basically like, Oh, we're not we're not talking anymore, we're gonna start shooting each other. And it's it's that feeling of like Oh, this is giving the player like the option. They're like, you might get killed. You might yeah. just get your ass kicked. And I here. imagine that that's very similar to how the level system is going to work. In that, it seemed like, like we said, you get that optic upgrade, and then it changes the way that you view the world and the way the HUD looks. And I imagine everything like that is going to be a conversation, a decision you make to get one new thing, and then a change to the world. Not just like plus points to defense. Right. Yeah, and it's such well, a cool thing. Like, I mean, I, I think we kind of briefly touched upon it, but like the the. HUD doesn't like you don't you can't see how many bullets you've left in the first part of the demo and then once you get that eye implanted that's just one of the features of that particular optic model and then you can see how many bullets the whole the whole upgrade situation like we're so used to like I don't know in a video game you upgrade your character like you go to a menu like look at you know look at the witcher like you want to put on his his cloak or you want to give him you know new wizard powers you go to a menu and you push a thing and that's it like it's part of a menu in this case menu kind of sucks actually uh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not wild about it. But um, in this in this case, in Cyberpunk's case, you go to this this uh, you know this this doctor and you Rip sit you sit down in the chair and it's like being at the dentist and you're making small talk with him the whole time, making fun of how he's like acts like you're the dentist. Uh, and the way you you choose the uh, the options you're getting put in is that he slides this like iPad in your face, and then your character is navigating on a on a, a virtual menu that is part of the world you're in. 
as opposed to it being so just cool. a menu screen that pops up yeah. in your game. It's that level of like keeping you in there. And just even having that conversation beforehand. Like yeah. you don't just walk in and it's like, it's not like you go to a storefront and it's like, yeah, welcome. And then a menu pops up like in Persona or whatever. Yeah. When you walk into the weapon even shop. Even when you like, walk in there, there's, I mean, the thing that impressed me most about environments is how dense they are. But when you yeah. walk in there, there's a lady who's like, yeah, she's ready for you. She's in, he's in the back. And it's like, it's all like perfectly just like time for you to walk in. And then he's like, hey, what's up? And you just, there's so much for you to look at in mm -hmm. his room because the interesting thing about the law, like anyone who's played the board game will know about this. And I didn't. I just just read up about it. He's a ripper doc, which is a combination between an engineer and a doctor, and there are a ton of those. And I think that he was a legal one, but they have like tons that work on the black market, right. so you can get like military tech. No, you're and I imagine that's a decision yeah. to make that if you get more illegal tech, that military will respond to you really differently because they'll be like, "Well, you're clearly equipped with all the stuff you shouldn't have." And that's where, like, it. You know, I, I said it earlier, but it reminds me of so many different games. Like, there's definitely a little bit of Dishonored, a little bit of Fallout, a little bit of Bioshock, and then there's definitely a little bit of Blade Runner, a little, little bit, bit of Deus Ex. Yeah, like there's just so much to it, and I do feel like that aspect of it of like the allegiances feels very like new vegas to me mm -hmm. like because it definitely feels like you can alienate one side and screw yeah. yourself in some ways i'm curious how th there's a lot of things that i don't know about like there were a lot of cool things that we saw in the combat that were really impressive like having that blade being stabbed in the wall i don't know yeah. i don't know what it's called yeah so like if mantis you go back blade. to the if you go yeah like mantis blades or yeah. something like if you go back to the original cyberpunk teaser from what three four years ago five 13? years ago yeah yeah um, 13 God. you know the the woman that you see at the end has these like mantis blades like out of coming out of her arm and like that was such a conceptual thing that that i didn't expect to see them in this demo and then at the end of the demo like v pops open this mantis blade does a wall run stakes into the wall like watches her enemies and then does like a drop and kills one of them and then whips out a gun and shoots the other one and all then, in like one fluid motion and that was the moment in our demo where people were like holy yeah. <laughs> And then I once even, you, I, had, I had to leave early to go to oh, my cyberpunk interview, I missed that part. Of it's so it. it's so yeah. crazy because then like there's also a part where you hack into a guy, access the network, and then you can cause a guy's weapon to jam. Yeah. who you haven't even encountered yet. Like it's like, God, it's so like it uses all of the technology and all of the different options you have in such a just smart way. I, I yeah. feel crazy mm -hmm. talking about it without people having seen well, it. That's and what I, I wanted well, to say is that the thing that I don't know about is I, I was really impressed by a lot of stuff. I'm really impressed by the world. That's why I'm excited about this game. That's why it feels like the future of video games. It feels next gen, as cheesy as that is. I have no idea if I can say the combat is good or not. I yeah. really right. don't know. I feel without like I need to try it, it myself. Well, yeah, also, I also, I mean, you and I had not an argument, but we had a very long discussion about you didn't weren't particularly wild about the dialogue and the yeah. and the writing. Whereas I thought it felt like very on brand for a cyberpunk thing, like the way that they were like using all these like shorthand idioms and calling each other like weird mm -hmm. you know hacker names and stuff. Whereas was, you thought that was like a little cliche, right? Yeah, and seemingly a lot of people that I've spoken to have felt like either one way or the other as well. Like I think that people are really split on the writing. I feel like the writing in it is very cliche. Um, I, it's a lot of just like, wait, sit down, man. Why you think it's Stand it up. Like, it's just everyone's How? just like, sit down, man. Oh, got it. Everyone's just so like aggressive and gritty, and, and everyone talks the exact same. And I really yeah. so accept Jackie. Yeah. But it's, it's, and, it's so much so that I think that just based on this 50 minute demo, everything's going to be totally different when the mm -hmm. game comes out. It's so, it's so much so cyberpunk that none of the characters are distinct or interesting. And it's like, you have to make them different people. Everyone was just like, you f me over. I'm going to f you over. It's yeah. just like, give us well, some, so I mean, some differences there, man. I think looking at sort of how they first reveal the Witcher, like, you know, there's a lot of very tropey stuff in there too. But I mean, then you keep playing the Witcher and it gets, it gets weird and it goes off the beaten path. And there's so much stuff in this, in the side, side stories and side quests and yeah, everything. But a lot of the, the people who wrote the Witcher have, have moved on from CD project yeah. and I think that's probably part of my um, as far as the, the corniness goes I will totally give that a benefit of the doubt yeah. because 
like if you go back like they gave us an option to give feedback and i gave that feedback like on the note i was like i think the writing is cliche yeah i mean i think that doing this is very much uh cyberpunk rooted in 80s cyberpunk fiction yeah it very much feels like that uh i hope that there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek stuff in there uh but if you go back and you read original william gibson or like like neuromancer neuromancer burning chrome johnny mnemonic any of that stuff it's it's so corny like it's so like there's so much hey you're gonna jack into that ono sendai cyber deck yeah you know like (laughs) come on deke we got to get out of here like there's all these like stupid ass likeable that's all i want and i think jackie was pretty likable yeah i think i think we'll find him in there i wanted to real quick just recommend some cyberpunk reading materials for Mm, everybody mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. neuromancer by william gibson is kind of the the original like the go-to cyberpunk bible really good burning chrome is a collection of short stories he did that are also mostly in that universe uh mirror shades is a anthology of cyberpunk stories that has some gibson in it a bunch of other stuff too uh snow crash by neil stevenson is sort of post cyberpunk ish but it's incredibly self-aware and very funny uh snow crash is a book that's been on my like to read list for years i keep meaning to read it if neuromancer is like the hard-boiled kind of original like thing that really pulled it off then snow crash is like considerably sillier and much more of like a junk food kind of like action movie Mm. um the main character in Snow Crash is named Hero Protagonist. And if you can get over <laughs> okay. that. Never mind. If you can get over that, it totally works. You uh, just yes. got to kind of. Far Cry Blood Dragon. It's exactly yeah. what that is. It's it's pretty silly. He's a pizza delivery guy, but he's also a hacker and a ninja. It's Very Blood Dragon. It's a little bit weird. Um, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm. God, I'm so excited about Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah, we could talk about it the whole episode. Yeah. We interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not-so-fun fact. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily with Hims, there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to forhymns.com slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhymns.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Let's let's move on a little bit. We can uh, there's some other stuff too though. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Incredible. Oh uh, yeah. Just I was very interested when they revealed it at Paris Games mm-hmm. Week yep. last year. Um, and I actually, one of our editors couldn't make it to her demo, so I sat in on on the BCD demo and was just absolutely blown away. I mean... And this is like like the demo they showed. So we, our BCD was the exact same demo as what they showed, but like like if you're watching the video version of this podcast, this open world part when you're on a horse, like they were very clear. This is like very much a sucker punch sandbox open world game. Like this isn't... I think a lot of people saw them in that little forest corridor and saw the combat and were confused about what the game is, but the whole demo during the press conference is actually a side quest yeah um so this whole demo is not part of the critical path at all of the game and what it does do is show you a lot of sort of the cool different ways this game plays out um they without actually saying it they very heavily implied that like this demo focuses on the katana but you will get other weapons and like so good looking like it might even be better looking than god of war so it's crazy one of the funniest things like one of the funniest moments that happened on our live show was like 
<clears throat> we had, uh, I believe, the lead designer of this you had game, Nate Fox, I think. Uh, uh yeah, you're creative right. Director, yeah, yeah, creative director. So he was on with Damon, and like right out of the gate, Damon was like, "All right, first things first, is this a PlayStation Four game or not? Like, this looks so good." And he was like, "Yeah, this is yeah, this is 100 a PlayStation Four game." And it, um, well, and it's so funny because like we, the BCD, they played it in photo mode, so they could kind of stop, yeah. and zoom in on things, and go full, you know, go like a full like zoom in or go like a full 360 degree shot of what's happening. One of the things I think is cool. So the character, uh, you play as a guy named Jin, uh, and he has been nicknamed the Ghost of Tsushima because this is based on the real-life Mongol invasion of Japan. He's the last of 80 samurai. So that's yeah. the mm-hmm. thing. It's it's almost like that 300-esque thing that, like, the whole island has been basically wiped out, but this one guy, there are thousands of Mongol invaders, and this one guy they cannot kill. And so he has this, like, there's this game's very grounded. There's nothing, you know, crazy or fantasy about it, but to the Mongol invaders, he has this, like, semi-mythological status of, like, we just want to take this guy down and he's been nicknamed the ghost of Tsushima and what you do playing as him is survive and the way that you survive is by moving past your samurai training and that's like they were really clear that that's in the ideology and in terms of the combat so yeah one of the things that they really stressed was like their desire for like real historical accuracy and if you're a samurai in feudal Japan, like you walk through the front door of your enemy's house and you're like, I'm here. I'm from the house of X. I'm here to fight you. Right. If you're a samurai. But the thing about Jin is he's in a position where like, he doesn't have that option anymore. Like there's no reinforcements. It's just him. So the way that he has to adapt to fight this like Mongol invasion is like, he really has to figure out, okay, so do I rely on my like lifetime of training in this one discipline or do I break and bend my own rules and like climb up the backside of a house and figure out how many people are here. And not Samurai it, Ninja. Exactly, well, he, yeah. he is because yeah. not even just climb, like one of the things they were talking about that's an obvious if anachronism is that he uses a grappling hook, which yeah. is obviously not a samurai weapon. And it's a very suck they, thing to do. They heavily implied it's going to be a lot like how Delson gets new powers in Infamous Second Son. Like as you progress through this game, you will get new abilities that will change traversal, that will change combat. And I think it's really, really cool that they're, they're basically allowing themselves to be accurate within reason like yeah. they, they you know they want to be historically accurate but it also has to be a fun game God, i so i forget good. i forget which outlet it was in my demo but somebody asked a really smart question They're like hey this is an open world game it's a sucker punch game um we're looking at a lot of like open world type activities like especially considering that this whole thing is a side quest like what are we expecting in terms of character progression is there like a full status like stats and an rpg level style system going on here and uh in my demo, the guy was very like, very keen on on sort of sidestepping it, but he, he was like, I will say that it is 100% an open world game and it comes with all the open world trappings that you would expect from that. So that means that there's obviously some sort of level progression and some kind of leveling system, which like, uh, whatever, every action game has that now. Yeah. But it's interesting to me because of the way that they've laid out how this character interacts with the world around him. Like, how you choose to level, I think, is going to be really important in this game. Yeah, and you can, they definitely want it to feel like your, because they said that during ours, that they want to feel like your Jin the same way it felt like your Cole or your Delson. I do want to really quickly rattle off the most common questions I'm getting. Yes, there will be a HUD. They did confirm that. Yeah. Uh, this demo, they completely turned it off. There will be a minimal HUD. Uh, they said they're talking about doing something like what God of War does, where you have like an immersive mode, but there's definitely going to be some kind of minimal HUD. Mm-hmm. Also, it will ship. Our demo was completely in Japanese yep. with no subtitles. no subtitles. It will ship day and date with the Japanese voice track, or you can obviously play English. They're recording That's, both. That is like a huge relief for me, just because yeah. I feel like the the 
American accent just immediately took me out of it. Well, and they're also doing this really, really cool thing where even though 99% of the cast is native Japanese speakers, they still hired a dialogue coach to make sure that modernisms aren't creeping in. Mm. So they're doing this really smart thing of like all the kanji displayed on screen is uh, ancient Japanese writing. And, and they're being, I mean, like they say they're being careful, right? Like, I don't know. I'm taking them at their word. I don't know enough about it, but it does seem like they're trying to treat it with I thought you were fluent in ancient Japanese. Yes. That is a, that is a, like a really <laughs> right. hilarious attention to detail. Yeah. It's, it's wild because they got criticized for that with um, Infamous Second Sons. Like yeah, true, true. Would be on top of it this exactly. I, I think they took that feedback really it's, seriously. It's wild because like I hadn't considered just how impactful it would be to like see it in Japanese without subtitles yeah. and the inference that happens in your brain when you're watching something like you're watching something in another language. I could see myself playing through this whole game on a first run in just Japanese with no subtitles yeah. and just trying to pick up like Ooh, what the story yeah. is really about and then going back through and playing it a second time. I, yeah. I do. This, also, look at the way the leaves, so yeah, look at the way the leaves move under these guys' feet. Well, when they're so fighting. I actually so alternate. So the thing that sold me on this, I was interested in it and it was like, yeah, this is I'm interested in all of these fall games, but I'm, you know, don't know what this one is. And then I saw the combat and I was like, it looks like Arkham and now I am completely sold on it. It looks so Batman. The fact that he has a grappling hook is We're so Batman. This year. Yeah, and but they're doing, ask, like if you look at the ground, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, like their their whole their three tenets were mud, blood, and steel. And like the way oh. that you affect the world around you and like like the previous combat before this part, when you're fighting the dudes in the mud pit, like your pants are getting dirty and stay persistently dirty. Like they are very careful to like the environment. You know how much we're freaking you? out about that this year. Like Resident <gasps> Evil Two has the same thing. Like you shoot someone in the face and the face stays shot, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it's like Occam did that forever ago. It's, yeah, it's cool though. But um, I did want to say it looks like there are stance changes, and I asked Nate about it, and he was just like, "We're not commenting on that at this time." They've gotten to that duel that you see at the end. Um is a little bit like because i asked is that like a boss fight is that in an arena can you just run away like how open world is the game and they were like they do want that to kind of serve that purpose like if you find kind of a worthy opponent it is very much like in samurai culture like you will have a duel with that person that mm. is markedly different than when you're fighting like a gang of 12 you know nameless grunts they, um yeah but i don't know if they'll do like they were being they were keeping it really close to the chest as far as like is that literally a boss fight or are they gonna have a big health bar or is it something like stance changes or is it just a combat like can you just climb away and, and not deal with it he also talked a lot about how um it's not an easy thing to do but there is like a perfect parry system in the game where like you can like you see it in that first demo where it, and they didn't call it a perfect parry system. Like let me let me rephrase that. But he's like, there is it's very difficult to do, but you can take enemies out in one hit like that, where you, like you'll sidestep at the perfect moment and then like slice up and kill somebody instantly, which is like a very samurai thing it's to my do. Favorite thing. But it's yeah. also like it's also like in that photo mode demo, they would pause it at the right moment, and he's like, take pay close attention to this, like the way that blood spatters in that game, like. He rotated the camera so that you could see like the blood coming out of this guy, and it was literally individual blood drops. And the way that they hit the ground and splattered across the ground, Damn. like it was, is it crazy job to make that work? Yeah. Yeah. Is it realistic in the way, like, is it realistic to actual blood or to samurai movie blood? Because those are very different. Probably things. the latter, honestly. They talked about Kurosawa yes. almost as much as a they talked lot. about the game yeah, itself okay. in our, I in our demo. Yeah, want a black and white mode for this. Well, that would, I yeah, really cool. I think film grain. that would be yeah. really cool. And I also think like the. One thing that would be interesting if they did black and white mode, the way they indicate side missions is with those leaves, which is a really subtle, really cool way to realize there's something down a certain path. Um, and I, it would be really cool to do 
almost like a Schindler's List style thing where it's black and white, but there's like leaves that are orange That's or just cool. something subtle People, that tells just, you. You should make a video game. I just want yeah, black and white. Thanks. I just I want more <laughs> games that are just black and white. Like the game black and white? You just no, 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 no yeah. nothing too. like that. No, thank you. Uh, Pokemon black and white? They no, actually I was, made two of those. <laughs> I was just watching uh, Lone Wolf and Cub this weekend. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. ever seen those those movies? Yeah. There's, there's so much blood. It's so awesome. Oh, I was so gonna be like, that sounds cute. Is that like a pixel? No, it's like this. It's like this murderer who has a baby in a wheelbarrow, and they go they go around just cuts up dudes in half. I saw Hereditary this weekend, so... Yeah, I probably had a lighter weekend than you. Uh, anyway, moving on into the the deep and dark and cerebral and whatnot. Uh, Remedy showed off a brand new game called Control, mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. the few things that we had no idea would show up at E3. Yeah, uh, yeah it was previously Project P7. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. we all kept being like, oh, it's Persona 7. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, yeah, we know it's called Control. And to me, you got to see this, and I'm sad that I didn't actually. It looks like a solid mix between Alan Wake and Quantum Break. See, I like this because it doesn't look like anything I'm familiar with. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, I can see. I can see why you'd say that. Ooh, shoot, yeah. you guys never played PsyOps on PlayStation Two? It reminded me a lot of PsyOps, which it is a game looks that like, like inside. It's it's a game that combines a lot of like gunplay mm-hmm. and uh, oh, telekinesis. Mean, no, mechanically, and stuff, yeah. it looks like plenty of stuff I've seen ah. before. It's very clearly. I mean, it looks like yeah, Alan Wake and Quantum Break and also Max Payne in that you know you're messing oh, around with physics like and stuff. They have something in common. They have something in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, in terms of uh, inside, like I can inside very much so see. much, right? Yeah. Uh, but I talked to them about that, and I was like, "This doesn't immediately read like it's based on a movie you guys saw or a TV show, guys. You guys are watching. Like, what are you pulling from?" And clearly, there's a lot of MC Escher stuff it's going on, which is, which is awesome because not enough games borrow from traditional art. So cool. Um, so cool. And they said they were in- influenced a lot by uh, House of Leaves and by Oof. Jeff Vandermeer's uh, Annihilation trilogy, or uh, what was it? Called? Oh, the, yeah, the, wow. Area, uh, Area X or whatever. Uh, uh, wow, which. Called? I can very much see. Uh, Southern Reach. The Southern, Southern Reach, Reach trilogy, yeah. yes. Which uh, the first movie got loosely adapted, but not very much. I mean, that's very much kind of a different movie entirely. Uh, but the fact that this is like, that they're pulling from, enough of that. We're, it's pulling from stuff that's sort of maybe not immediately familiar. Sorry, Dad. Uh, it's, the same, it's the same thing that, I, that, that grabs me about Death Stranding, which I feel like we've, we've kind of you know talked about ad, ad nauseum. But sure. uh, yep. it's just the fact that it's like, I don't know. This here's like they could just be like, here's a lady with a gun and powers, and use a gun that we've seen before, and use a lady that we've seen before. But we, instead, it's kind of like, here's a lady who's can cover with her tap powers, and she doesn't seem like she's great at it, and her gun looks like it's I don't know something out of Prometheus, yeah. and the place that she's in looks sort of like the place from inside, but also it transforms. So the the location is what has me most interested in it. Like I know that Remedy can make games that oh well I don't like Alan Wake that much, but I love Max Payne and I liked Quantum Break. <laughs> I know that they can make games that are really fun to play that have very interesting mechanics. Alan Wake's mechanics are really interesting, but it's the environment and what she was going through that makes me like, hold up, what? What's going on in this world? Mm-hmm. How am I going to find out what's up there? And the uh, the narrative lead for this is uh, this woman named Anna who worked on uh, Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. Oh hell yeah! So yeah, Ooh. so yeah, she's got some uh, she's got some chops, chops. there. Yeah. And uh, God, it just I don't know, like everything they showed me, kind of coupled with what they said during our interview, I was just like, yep, I'm very much interested now. So did, did they give an indication of a release date? Uh, I've been working 20, on it for at least 2019. Two years, so. No, I'm yeah. just sitting next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think I think bet. they they've gone on record a couple of times saying that it is coming next year. Yeah, oh, cool. I think and it was they also said I, I heard an interview. Hell of a year. On... Is it going to be February 22nd? <laughs> God, I hope not. Hope so. I heard an interview with uh, the narrative lead on. Oh God, I forget now. But uh, she was talking about how she'd heard a lot of the feedback from Quantum Break about how 
overall fans were just like not super stoked on the story and the amount of like cutscenes that were sort of like shoehorned into that game. Like, a, like and, forty minutes of TV. Y- yeah, exactly. I liked it, yeah. But and, I get the criticism. And well. so she says that like that's a huge focus of them in the development of this game is like telling the story in a way that's not like sit down and watch this like a lot more like environmental storytelling. Mm. I also so. really like it's such a marketing thing, but it. I really giant like bomb. when devs make a point by like it was cool that this was in the PlayStation conference and not the Microsoft conference because I really like when they sort of make a point of like hey this is a multi platform game yeah and like that's, well, that's such why a Shadows good way to die twice was the Microsoft conference exactly the studios that usually pair with one being like no 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 we're on everything mm-hmm. but that's what's so interesting okay, is like Dark Souls was super heavily a Microsoft game yeah. even though it's on True. both whereas Bloodborne is obviously a Sony game so yeah. like that man from teaming with Activision. And, and being on the Microsoft stage, probably the most unexpected. So that was the, the thing show. that, like, I, f- I found that out before the conference, and that was the thing that made me like, oh my god, what <laughs> yeah. is this E3? Like yeah. that blew my mind. I love how like from soft ever, everybody. Yeah, Sekiro. Shakira. 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 No, no, but I love that like from soft. Everyone <laughs> going into that I'll say off off <laughs> microphone. <laughs> everyone was just like was like, hey. We're gonna get we're gonna get Bloodborne two. We want Bloodborne two. That's what that's what that pulley game is. The shadows die twice. It means Bloodborne. You're dying twice. Get it? And then they show up and they're like, Hey everybody, we've got some great news. We've got something you've never heard of. We're partnered with Activision. That's weird. Uh, we're remastering Metal Wolf Chaos with Devolver. Oh, and by the way, we made a VR, VR game, game about fairies and flowers. Well, and and, like, and Miyazaki is directing wrong. both of the. He's directing Dersine or however you say it and uh, Sekiro, Whoa. which is interesting because that means Michael Zaki theoretically, yeah, yeah Michael Zaki himself theoretically. Whatever's happened with Dark Souls and/or Bloodborne is either a very small experimental team or very far away, yeah. which I think is really like th- I love that. I don't want studios to just keep making sequels of the same thing over and over again. A new IP is so much more exciting. Yeah, and Rory Rory Powers from our UK office got to see the BCD demo of that, which was like actual like sit down gameplay, and he said that it was like really really interesting, super action heavy, like more akin to Bloodborne, but not an RPG at all. Oh, um, and it's that an the customization, game? yeah, it's an it action have to game. Be to be Activision, and that the the yeah. customization that that is sort of the the crux of that whole game is you can choose how to utilize that that pulley arm so like in that trailer you see the character like popping out a shield uh, like god of war or using a grappling hook or having like a battle axe pop out of it i think and lucy so, saw it too because she said that to me too lucy did, did. lucy who saw who wrote a preview lucy okay so there's yeah. a preview up on ign that you can check out that i haven't read yet that i'm super interested in those details lucy was telling me there's like five variations that they saw in just that one demo yeah. of the things that you can do with that on. lucy also has one of my favorite e3 stories of all time which is that she interviewed miyazaki for darisane and uh she in the middle of that demo in the sony booth uh so we do for people who don't know we do these behind closed doors demos in these tiny little white rooms that like you step in and you sit down and paneling from the wall in that room fell down in the middle of her interview <laughs> yeah, right. and pulled all the wires out and completely made it pitch black. And he was like, you can continue. And they yeah, just did the interview. In I love that black. so much. That's so Michael Zaki. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's wearing this terrible She's, cat yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> she said she didn't know that she was going to interview Miyazaki that day and yeah. is wearing like, it's like a picture of a kitten and it just says creeping. It's and she was so, so embarrassed by it. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. Uh, let's talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's do uh, it. So I, uh, I have a piece up that's going to be a much more... I'm I'm gonna ramble. Sorry, I I'm so obsessed with this game. Like I really got so much more excited watching the BCD than I expected to mm. because it was the same. Much much like Ghost of Tsushima, we saw the same demo that was shown on stage. But the things, um, and I talked to Anthony Newman and Kurt Marknow after, who are the two game directors, whereas Neil Druckmann is the creative director, um, and he's co-writing with Haley Gross. But we Lucy has an incredible preview on IGN that is about kind of the story and why Ellie matters, and that's Neil and Haley talking about that. 
But I talked to Anthony and Kurt about playing it, like about how the combat works. And they brought up 300 things that I hadn't considered about how it's different now. And they talked about, they basically rebuilt everything under the hood for this game. It, it is not just like a retread of The Last of Us combat. They had to rethink so many different things about playing as her. They added a jump button. So mm. traversal is very different and combat's oh, yeah. much more vertical. Ellie, uh, the lowest weapon she can have if you unequip everything is her knife. Like there's there's no, she doesn't just walk up and slug guys in the face. Like there's no punching in this because that's the point, right? She's not Joel. And like she's learned things from Joel and he inspires the way that she fights. But you have all these cool new mechanics. Like in the demo where you pull the arrow out of your shoulder, that is a mechanic in the game that will affect uh, different things about your health, that will affect the, your recovery. Crafting is back, but they really wanted to emphasize the ammo scarcity. So they, they've been doing like nonstop testing and they kept talking about how they like really wanted to make sure that it made sense and you felt pressure, but you were never screwed over. Uh, little things like running and grabbing the bottle and throwing it all that in one fluid beautiful. motion. That, that's like, all that was the moment it. I was like, it's so cinematic. Uh, they talked about the grass when you're in, in Uncharted 4, they had a uh, stealth, you know, you duck into vegetation and it was completely, it was binary. It was either you are hiding or you are not. And in this game, it's shades of gray. So because, especially in the demo, rather than fighting infected in that demo, you're fighting humans. And even more so than the humans in the first game, they call each other by name, they coordinate, they have um, this thing they're calling vague knowledge, which is they roughly know where you are, but they don't know exactly where you are. And mm. they will team up to form a triangle, form a perimeter and figure it out. Like they're, the AI sounds so cool and sophisticated. I don't like that one bit. That, that, was, the thing, that was the thing that like really wigged me out was like it, the encounter where... Ellie is like sneaking through that building. It comes up after this if you're watching the video version. Um, and she hides under the car. And one of the NPCs calls out. She's like, Brad, I can't find, like, I don't know where she went. And he, like, you know, Ellie's hiding under the car and, and her uh, antagonist eventually ducks down and she shoots her. And then you hear the guy from off screen, like, oh, Sarah. And it's like, are these characters or are these just NPCs True. talking to each other? And like that level of interaction between NPCs. Like it's it adds so such a gravity to yeah. what you're doing that it's like these are people that have been surviving in this world for months or yeah. years at this point, and it's like okay, that sucks that I just yeah. shot well, this. And when you think about, it seems like it has more of a human focus, and it's a lot less about zombies. Like we don't see a single zombie or clicker in this entire trailer, and that's why I'm. I think I'm more interested in that side of Me it. Too. I'm more interested in the humanity in The Last of Us. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask. Was the part where she goes onto the car, do you know if that's scripted or is that like, can you actually hide in? Yeah, everything. So one of her new abilities that Joel didn't have is she can squeeze between gaps and duck under stuff basically because she does have to be a lot more scrappy. Mm -hmm. So like that moment in the demo is definitely ultra scripted, but I do think that's an ability that you'll have. I do think that you'll be able to, because basically like for her, it's getting range and, and firing arrows and it's hiding. And I think that's much different. I, I played Last of Us 1 by mostly just, going in you know and obviously he plays ellie and left behind but they're doing a lot more they really thought through making it different from that because she's older and she's learned more but she's still vulnerable in ways joel wasn't the last thing i want to talk about uh that completely blew my mind they have this thing they're not the first studio to use it but they seem to have kind of perfected it it's this thing called motion matching and what that means is if you play especially older games like uncharted 2 there's like a patrol path and you can basically sit there and you know that this enemy will go in a seven shape or in an L shape, or he'll go in a triangle or whatever it is. This is to avoid canned animations. It's sort of like a, a mesh of constantly learning from different things. So it'll basically have a bucket of a thousand different animations they can call upon. And the people that you're fighting in any moment dynamically are just mixing and matching a bunch of those. Whoa. So that if you sit and watch someone for long enough, they theoretically aren't just going through the same movements all the time. They're wow. actually animated I mean, in a way seems that, like that feels stealth. This so really yeah. reminds me so much of 
hearing about Metal Gear Solid 2 before it first came out. Like hearing the just the the guard AI and stuff and the stuff and obviously people don't usually do such a deep dive on on what's changed with AI and and like you know NPC behavior but like that and the, and the, the having having analog ground cover you know like yeah. be like if you're not if you're not in the bushes deep enough then you're you're you stick out or you if know? you're there for too long they'll figure out that that's where you went like I really I think the way they're doing it they they really want to make sure that it never feels fake and I mean, and they talked a, about I how love things stealth games and that is such a thing where three gods are chasing you and then you hide in a cupboard and they're like oh must yeah. be the breeze exactly or it even, sucks there's even that moment of like they don't even want it to feel like you aren't um like in other words they they would hand key certain animations in the last game where it's like okay like if you go through here someone had to hand build an animation of climbing or hand build mm-hmm. a, a run or whatever and now those things are sort of un- behind the scenes happening almost dynamically um and procedurally they basically talked about how everything is modular i don't know i'm rambling a lot you should definitely just read the thing i put up because yeah. seriously like those guys are incredibly smart well, and there's so a reason that naughty dog cool because uh the last of us lost legacy also had like the largest environment of any game that we'd seen in that uncharted. series and i know oh, that's uncharted, yeah. yeah uh oh yeah i said lost yeah. Of us. Yeah, yeah uncharted lost legacy that we'd seen in that series and i know that was the thing that he was really happy to have done so i'm wondering if we're going to see huge environments again this time definitely yes like they they were really they were keeping a lot of that under wraps and they really kept everything all of our conversations the context is the demo like they were very clear they're only talking about that but man that team is so smart and so good and like yeah. there's a reason a lot of people think naughty dog is the best studio in the world and they are unbelievably talented and it makes me so excited for this game and and that's all separate from you should also read the thing lucy put up about ellie and about character wise like that trailer is so powerful and that moment at the end it's like really it's like a really really important trailer and when she smiles i just like i think it made me realize in one second how much i care about her like but yeah, they're not talking about Joel at all. Which they I referenced him. Barely, yeah, right at the beginning. Like your old yeah, man, your old man yeah. Yeah, was always on my case about patrols. Like, here's the thing. I, I've been on this show before kind of knocking the idea of The Last of Us 2, and I'm like completely sold on the idea that that they're doing things behind the scenes that no game has done before, and it looks mechanically like beautiful and gorgeous. Uh, this is the first event that I've been at, the first time that I've seen The Last of Us 2, that I've been like, okay, I'm slowly working my way to being 100% on board, but there's this thing in the back of my mind that that the way that the first Last of Us ended was so pitch perfect to me that it 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 still sort of tugs at me a little bit that Absolutely it's like understand that. like I don't necessarily know that I I need a sequel to this That's game. That's why I didn't watch, watch Westworld season two. It's yeah. Because I was like, but the first one was so perfect. And so I know I, I understand that that's sort of a, a kind of a narrow point of view and I like I will 100% play this game the thing and I'm is, sure that I'll enjoy it. Like I get it. that concern because yeah. like video games so often are desperate to be franchises but yeah. in this case I just trust that team so much that yeah. I totally understand that it's like this is one of the best video game endings we've ever had because it's concise and it ends and it's a punch and it's just well, done but I trust them to like know that and know what they've done with that first game and be like okay well here's what we're doing so that we don't minimize the impact of our ending. Yeah and, and I keep thinking about how I got to the end of Uncharted 4 and was like mostly lukewarm like mm-hmm. oh, this was fine like is this was an uncharted game and then you got to play crash but then i played <laughs> no, that happens at the beginning uh and but at the end, and the end yeah. oh yeah you're right um but uh and also you're right but Thank uh <laughs> but playing lost legacy was like oh this is also uncharted and this game is like so phenomenal like mm-hmm. i really really enjoyed lost legacy and it, it made me think about like okay well if i still enjoy uncharted this much like i'm sure that there's something in the last of us too that that yeah. will rekindle I'm, my, you know i'm fully done uh seeing like pre-promo stuff for this I, like i, I just completely play agree it, you know yeah. like that's yeah. kind of it same, is same about spider-man who's yeah like, even seeing it at the I mean, show was like I didn't that's i think that's a little bit different because it's there's i mean i love spider-man but it's not as much like emotional resonance you know it's not like i see seeing this and being like 
oh man, like this is this is like if if, I, if the first time I saw somebody get disemboweled in The Last of Us was sitting down playing the game, I think it'd be a lot more powerful than seeing it on a press conference, you know. And that's sort of that's just a problem with with you know what we yeah, do in I games mean, coverage in general. So cinematic. You can't yeah. just you can't just release a game and be like, here we put the game out, here it is in its entirety. You've seen nothing about it. You know, I think with The Last of Us they could and it'd still sell well. Yeah, uh, I think they could have. You know? I should also point out they they talked about how everything you pick up enemies can pick up. So it's like the idea oh. is that like you need to get your arrows. You can get your arrows, but also like that you can pick up that pickaxe. If he's using a two handed board, you can pick it up. But for him, it might be one handed. So for you, brutal. it might be two handed. Yeah, there was a couple really of cool. there's a couple of moments in Sony's press conference that really like lit the room up, just like in terms of like Damn. people like feeling like really uncomfortable. And w- the first one was that just awful transition between her and Dina and kissing, kissing, and then like just the throat slitting. And then the second one was when Norman Reedus is pulling off his toenail in yeah. the. Uh, I had like awful in death nightmares stranding. about that. I forgot about that. I had blocked that yeah. from my It was memory. like everyone in the room was just like, go! I think that we God. shielded our eyes. I think yeah. we were like, oh. Yeah. I could hear it through the wall of our studio. I could hear the entire war room go, <laughs> oh! Yeah. Man. Um, La- just of note, uh, Last of Us 2 and uh, After Party. From night school, uh, the only two demos that Disney XD dropped. <laughs> so wonder why. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. Um, yeah, let's talk about Spider Man. I, I totally forgot na, to put na, anything in Death Stranding na, na, here na. because I I spend my mornings just obsessing over it and thinking about also, it. Also, we just still have more questions. We have so many right? questions, well, and we've only seen what, like Death Stranding is the rare exception to we didn't see anything they didn't see. You know, like yeah, we didn't have any behind closed doors. It wasn't on our yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when uh, when Beyond is is coming together, like in the early planning of the show, Max or you know whoever's hosting that, they will send out like a, a document like here, and it's like, hey, add your notes in for all this stuff. And under Spider Man, get ready for the bleep. I just put because that the, game is also fun the as font hell. Is bigger than it is for somebody else. did that. The somebody did that. Somebody did that after the fact. I don't know like, how. Yeah. <laughs> No, so uh, I we were waiting to see our, our Last of Us demo, and it was kind of like after after hours and things were kind of winding down at this little Sony press area, and I just saw this like we were all you guys were all kind of hanging out like schmoozing or whatever, and I just saw this like open station that had Spider Man. I press, saw that you saw that. I was so jealous. And I just picked it up and just immediately started swinging around, and I was like, Oh yeah, oh, this is going. This is really good. Swinging oh, this is so good. It just it's it feels so, so good. good. So Zach and I were like sitting on the same chair playing it, and just like. When you played it, you were just like, oh, oh, and then I was like, I don't know, it looks cool, and then I did it, and I was like, oh my god! Yeah. And there's I little, swinging uh, is so when you hit, good when you hit the top of an arc and let go, uh, you do like a little backflip. Yeah, I was talking it's to so Brian good. Shahar, and he said there's way more of that. Like there, yeah. are, there are way more things you'll unlock of like little movements. And it's all like, I wanted to do was just swing in that yeah, world forever. It's so, it's so cool. The demo itself was a f- like y- you could only play 15 minutes, and then the game just cuts you off. It's like thanks for playing, and it was it, it had boundaries. Too, yeah, and so yeah. Uh, Alana and I were both waiting to play for a while and so I was like hey let's just go have these on this demo I'll play for half and then hand off the controller and so like I was playing with headphones on and I kept leaning over to her like this is so fun like I god I felt guilty for having the controller for so long and then Brian Intahar was watching us play and I handed off the controller to Alana and like took the headphones off and she started playing and he was like you didn't want to do any of the story stuff or anything and I was like dude I didn't have to. Like the swinging in combat alone sold me one hundred percent on this. Game. Yeah, yeah. No, James was... Stevenson was saying behind me during mine and made fun of me because apparently the whole time I just had this big like eating grin like yeah. the entire time. Well, I mean, no, I definitely was immediately it's so hard not to. Like that's yeah. so good at Traversal. Like yeah. uh, Sunset Overdrive is still one of the best games in terms well, of Traversal. You... But this builds on that. It's not just Sunset Overdrive. It's like it's way more than that. It's you do Spider-Man. stuff. You do stuff that is so Spider-Man centric. Mm-hmm. Like like one of my favorite things is like. 
moving through the city, you reach this pace of like you're swinging, like you're running across a building, you're arcing up, jumping to the top of a building, running across. Like, so, like this momentum never really slows. And one of the, way the ways that they do that is there's these natural things that Spider-Man as a character just does that in previous Spider-Man games, it's like you wouldn't do. Like there's two water towers and in a previous game, you might swing into one and it'll totally stop your momentum. But in this game the technology is so advanced that like he notices those water towers and just like sp- swings through them and then keeps swinging. And you're like, God, or you slide damn it. Under that's them. cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. A lot of the, the swinging physics did not make any sense. It was like, I should definitely have fallen on my face at that point, but I'm still swinging, but it yeah, doesn't matter because it's so much fun. It's like, it makes spider sense. No. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, there's parts where you just like kind of shoot some webs and you're like, Oh, I'm 50 feet up again. Cool. The, the way you gather momentum feels so good because you keep like, basically um, you're swinging with the triggers and you hit X and kind of, propel yourself forward and mm. gain speed and momentum and, and height. And it is like, you're totally right. Cause there was a moment I was like, ah, crap, I'm going to collide with that building. And you just hit it and do a smooth oh, and run you keep running. Yeah. Which like Spider-Man games have done. I think experiment three tried to do that a little bit, but it's it just never looked and felt this perfect. Like the Activision Spider-Man games are I like special them. to me in a weird way, because especially on PS2, like I just, those games really like are the first time I really feel like I appreciate an open world, maybe even more so than in GTA. Really cool. Comics um, too. Yeah, for sure. But this is just, it is everything those games did times a trillion. Like yeah, there's, well, this one, there's this one nothing is, about this that doesn't feel better. This one is a game first and that it, that's it. It's a game, you know? And yeah. I think that the Activision ones always suffered from being like part of a, you know, a fiscal calendar and, and being maybe to tie into a movie or like a, a, a holiday release. In this case, like, I don't know. I think they're going to finish this game and put it out when it's done, you know, and obviously it's it's still part of Sony's fiscal calendar and everything. Well, but that, like, that's the thing is like with exclusives like this, the reason that Sony's going to keep funding them forever is that it's a reason to own their hardware. So it's like they don't want to rush any of that stuff when they're getting people into their infrastructure and getting people to play for PlayStation Plus. Like, it's a business move that it's like, you need your games to be really good so people will stay. Even beyond, like, PlayStation, Sony owns the right to... To Spider-Man too, so yeah. it's like you know why? Yeah, do it. Yeah, do they it right. slapped it was, that font right on the old PS3. Oh yeah, they did. That <laughs> yeah. was a Ken Kudaraki call. Hey, He's uh, like, <laughs> let me. Uh, actually, we have somebody uh, fan wrote in from the show. It's Barrett, our producer Barrett, and he hey, said, Barrett. he Hi, Barrett. said, I love it. Swinging feels great. Stealthing and punching bad boys is awesome. I'm convinced the secret villain at the end of the E3 demo is actually the cop lady friend, and she's a female reimagination of Doc Ock or Goblin. Interesting I take. We had at the yeah. end there, but before that, I agree. Uh, yeah. Joshua Yell, our comics editor, senior comics editor, put up a really, really good piece, kind of going through who he thinks that last villain is. And man, it's interesting. He has a lot of really solid theories. Uh, I totally think it's Green Goblin. I think I they they've teased Osborne too much for it not to be. But he had a really good point that the guys writing this game actually wrote a very famous Doc Ock arc in the oh. comics, and it would make a lot of sense. And and he lays out a lot of very good reasons for for who he thinks it is. Um. I'm glad we saw a lot of villains in this trailer, but like when we were doing our pre-show, I was just like, I want to see the open world swinging, and I want to see the villains, and we got yeah. both of those. But I did want to say before we move on to the next topic that the actual combat is way harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. It is not just a series of QTEs. It's a lot of management. Um, your it's spidey a lot like sense, Arkham. It is a lot like Arkham. Yeah. Um, your spidey sense goes off when someone's like going to be shooting at you, so it's like, okay, bullets will kill you really quickly, and they really do, so you have to like figure out how to dodge. I didn't use my abilities as much as i should have yeah oh, they're so cool the yeah. gadgets so you have um it is it's a lot to take in at once but uh you have a, a- 
contacts menu. I think it's which one of the sticks that you pull up a gadget menu. I think it's just And then one. gives you, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, you pull up like a wheel, basically like a gadget wheel that almost reminded me of Mass Effect 1. And, yeah. and like you pick your thing and um, like. It totally is like Mass Effect 1. That's it, really funny. It was, it's just really, it's a smart, different twist than I expected. Also, the way you use the environment is cool. Like any manhole yeah. cover or car, car door, door or anything. Yeah. Very sleeping dogs. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. You pull on it and then you just swing it around and it oh, feels yeah. so um, good. Yeah. And, and I will say before we move off, one of the coolest openings to any demo I've ever seen, like Spider-Man is just hanging out against the wall with his mask up on a cell phone and just says press X to start and you hit X and he pulls his mask down and just jumps off the wall and then you're, like, you're just fall, free falling and then it's like, oh, press R2 to swing. It's same, and as, then same as God of War. All like of a sudden you're just swinging. Just like, oh. like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's I know so I kind good. of like the whole take on this Peter Parker is that he's been doing this for a while and he's yeah. really experienced. So I kind of want that to be how the game begins because yeah. there's no origin story. There's no, you don't need anything more than that. Well, you see, Peter Parker was just a mild mannered high school student. Did anything happen with his like parents or his like, <laughs> uncle or anything like that? Like, what's going on with his uh, parental unit situation? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Yeah, I actually, I, it's a real funny, mystery. Funny story, funny side note. I watched uh, Amazing Spider Man 2 on a plane, uh. and that opens with uh, Peter Parker's father dying in a plane crash. Uh, if oh. you watch it on a plane, it just ends. Yeah, like he goes yeah. diving towards towards a laptop, and he's fighting with the laptop, and then it just cuts to the Amazing Spider-Man, and I was like, "Well, if I hadn't seen this film before, I'd be very confused also, at the state one of that of my, man." My genuine favorite thing <laughs> in that film is the weird subplot about uh, Aunt May has a job and she's like a nurse or something, but she's like hiding it from Peter. There's some weird thing, and it's only brought up three times in the clumsiest, weirdest. It's like they wanted Sally Field to have something to do, and it's so uncomfortable. Turns every out, time uh, give her a job. A, turns out that's a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. I love movie. that movie. It's not good, but I really enjoy it. That's fine. Um, My favorite game is Deadly Premonition. Really, really quick. Uh, I promise I won't go full ramble on this, but uh, I forgot to put it in the dock, but I did play Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, did anyone else play that demo? No. It's really good. It no, what, feels three trailers so Kingdom Hearts 3? Yeah, did one they, in every conference. It's it, crazy. Does it have sound effects? Yes, it has sound effects. <laughs> uh, yeah. It does. I'm sorry. You know, I've thought about that. The part where she throws like the ice blast and it just doesn't make a noise. I've gone back <laughs> and, and when Hercules started, is trying to lift that rock. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know, like that in the in the trailer for the Tom Cruise Mummy movie where they forgot to add noises is just something that makes me just like it's break. Unsettling. I said something about it on Twitter and somebody tweeted back at me and was like, I really liked that there were no sound effects. It really helped me focus on the story. And I was when like, you yeah. are wrong. I, you know, when you see it coming and it's just covered by music, it's not that weird. It just felt weird in the context of that conference when no one else was doing that. Yeah. I don't think it's that weird when you watch the trailer. I think it's just a music I didn't notice line. until someone else pointed yeah, it out. Yeah, like I, I really don't I think did. it's I did. I turned around weird. to you and I was like, why are there no sound effects? And I think, I think, think, think I, uh, I, I kind of like, ruined the trailer huh. for you, yeah. Um, but from everyone that I've spoken to who's actually played it, they said that the gameplay feels incredibly it fluid. It feels so good. It and looks like, really good. What we played, we played. So Jonathan played an hour and a half of the game. I just played Jonathan an abbreviated. Jonathan likes Kingdom Hearts? I know, right? This was an abbreviated 15-minute version of that demo. Uh, it was actually two demos. The first one was in Toy Box, which is the Toy Story world, obviously. And it has the cutscene where you meet the Toy Story crew, which I think is in one of the trailers. Very, very cute. But uh, once you get to combat, you have uh, it, we had three different Keyblades, uh, the, the new transforming Keyblades. We had uh, Tangled, Monster Zinc, and then, of course, the Toy Story one. And like, it's really cool. Like, it feels like a way modernized version of that game. There's also really cool finishers for each one of them. And then you also have a special move, uh, these attractions. Uh, we had like the Pirates of the Caribbean one with like the huge rocking mm. boat. It just, it feels like a summons in Final Fantasy, honestly. Like it, it, That's it cool. is such a crazy epic way to end a battle. 
Um, and then how, we went how does in, the fighting, like, how does the combat feel if you were to compare it to another game? Because to me, it doesn't really look like Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2. No, I mean, it, a little, like, it, that's definitely there, but it, it does. It feels much more free and, and yeah. action RPG-esque. And, uh, like, full disclosure, it's been a very long time since I've played Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2. Like, I want to say the combat even kind of made me think of, like, Final Fantasy 15. Like, it, do, it totally does. Yeah. Like, it, and ironically, Final Fantasy 15, especially in that first demo they released, the Luminous demo, mm-hmm. reminded me of Kingdom Hearts. So it's like, it's definitely that sort of um, Tomb Raider, Uncharted, ever flowing, or Boris. Yeah, this definitely feels to me. Like made by the same company. Yeah, uh, this this one feels to me though like the, the sorry to no, the, the, the end of that demo. Uh, you you get these mech suits basically uh, is, is the way the Toy Story thing ends, and it is so different and cool. It, it just feels like you you can switch between three different mechs and they each have a different like one of them has missiles and one of them has like a heavy punch and it, it just that rules felt awesome. Yeah, I'm it was so, it was really really cool. I'm so torn on that game because like I'm not a Kingdom Hearts guy as I've crack jokes about it before easy, uh, easy that game looks incredible it looks yeah. phenomenal and it, i'm just yeah. and on the one hand i'm like man I'm, I'm bummed that i can't get into that and on the other hand i'm like that looks like a massive game that's one less thing for me to so we're gonna like make any playing. kingdom hearts fans mad but i will say like most of most casual players like I, I i played one and two and that's all i played same. and the reason that i, I want to play three is like the same reason i enjoyed one and two isn't for the deep story lore it's just that it's so fun to like play that style of game yeah. with and all these it's disney properties gorgeous it's, it's just really, so much fun now that there are pixar worlds in it but especially it's been a Woody? decade the it looks like a Pixar movie. Like it looks better than older Pixar movies. Oh, it is absolutely not saying a whole lot. <laughs> crazy, but it just looks yeah. like it really like not having played one of those games since PS2. Like it really is crazy how good it looks, yeah. and it just it was really fluid. The the other demo was uh, sort of like a boss fight demo in Olympus, and that's um, the one on the train. Yeah, that so looks bonkers. And the train yeah. is an attraction. That's just a finishing move. Oh, that, no that's way. Not like, I like, thought that was the whole level. Yeah, no, the, the level is you're fighting, uh, you're like, it's this huge like rock golem and you're attacking his legs and you, you slowly work your way up. And then like if you time it right, uh, you do the, the train attraction right at the very end. It's just so, I really had so much more fun playing that demo than I expected yeah. to have. It made me so jazzed to play the full game. What, that's awesome. Uh, that's January 2019? January 20. February 22nd. No! Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. January 29th. <29. laughs> Now, we talked about a lot of games that are not out yet, but what about the games that are out yet? Are you guys playing anything right now? Uh, yeah, the uh, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey trailer. and the So Ubisoft was my favorite press conference, I think, this they year. They nailed it. They really showed a lot yeah. of cool stuff. And, my favorite um, moment from any of the press conferences in general was when... The, the Just Dance opener, where that was like nine minutes stage, long. And you hear them say, because they didn't turn their mics off, we nailed it, we nailed it. Yeah, that was good. That was so good. The Assassin's Creed Odyssey trailer... Uh, just really got me stoked for uh, Assassin's Creed, but then also reminded me that I'd only played like the opening hours of Origins. Mm-hmm. And so uh, coming off of E3 and just like hiding in my room and recovering for two days this weekend, I did nothing but play Assassin's Creed Origins. And that game is, a g- we were talking well, about we it on Sunday. Yeah, we went to brunch. And, well, that's it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the two hours that I took a break to get brunch with you guys, um, like, I did nothing but play Origins, and it's just a game that like layers more and more awesome shit Origins on top really of it. Good. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it, like, the funny thing about it is, is like, I played a lot of like the first two Assassin's Creed games, and then kind of sat them all out, except for Syndicate. I played Syndicate. Syndicate's um, great. But the whole time that I'm playing this game, every time I do something really cool, I'm like, I just, I can't believe this is Assassin's Creed yeah. because it feels like. The Witcher to me or something. Like, yeah. It feels like Metal Gear Witcher. In, yeah. in Odyssey is like, I'm so stoked about that. Yeah, they're yeah. really leaning hard into that RPG thing now and I think it's really I cool. I mean, the ga- this game is just an RPG. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. It, it's, it, it's crazy how much, yeah, how much of an RPG it is to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I, mean, I get that, that there's a lot of that conversation happening right now where it's like, 
well, every game has RPG elements. Like, no, straight up, this is just an RPG. Like, yeah, yeah, it is an RPG. Yeah, it was really sad. I never got to uh, got into this because I'm, you know, I was actually really Great news. Die you can hard. still play it. Well, I was really diehard into Assassins, but I just got disappointed so many times. Like, I loved no, one I and didn't two. Play Syndicate. Uh, I oh, played Brotherhood. So good. I know, but I'm not gonna didn't play like it. Revelations three. Bummed me out, yeah. and then I kind of fell off. And Syndicate was the one that got me back you didn't into play Black it. Black Flag. I I hate the naval combat. I know I'm alone in that. I think the ship combat sucks. It's my <laughs> least favorite. And it's in every game now. It's yeah. in every Assassin's Creed. It's in this one in a damn desert. And they were yeah. like, hey, you ready to ride boats? Here's a flashback. That, do it that twice. honestly yeah. turns me off. Like I'm I know I'm the only one on Earth and I've gotten so much shit from people about it, but I just never enjoyed that that it's boat fine. combat You're at all. I don't like stuff. It's okay. Bum me uh, out, man. No, I think with I, I think boats. with Assassin's Creed games, you <laughs> gotta go. Mr. Boat. Yeah, we call you that. I think with um with AC games, you kind of got to treat it like uh, like comic book runs where you got to kind of just wait a second and hear what the buzz is, you know? I mean, I'm not saying even reviews because I feel like out the gate there's always that sort of initial, like, this is a good game. And then three months pass and people are like, yeah, the one before it was better though. You know, like if you just kind of wait like wait a year and then they're on sale and everything, like, I mean. I think playing Origins right now is super smart. Origins, because there's like yeah. an additional yeah. 30 hours of, of DLC. And that, there's nothing yeah. else coming out Origins, in June, so you're good. Is, is definitely awesome. I'm like really interested in Odyssey. Yeah. Like I'm oh, just, me too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not usually wild about Greek stuff, but yeah. I do. I do like. Did they kissing. give us a release date for it? For uh, Odyssey, yeah, it's October or something. God, that's crazy. October twenty second. No, it's October. Uh, but if it's, it's too close to Red Dead, October, I think. like. <laughs> I, I think it's like both of those kind of games before. before yeah. yeah, like I'm not gonna finish it then. But yeah. that's the thing: Assassins, Call of Duty, Battlefield, Red Dead. There's so much in October. That's not even naming everything. There's that yeah. month is insane. Uh, and then also, uh, I the Destiny Two Forsaken trailer. Um, looks, looks good. Kate Six, R.I.P. But um, got me back. I can't into, believe that. I know. That's insane. Yeah, got me back into Destiny, and Destiny is like a terrible ex-girlfriend that hits you up when you're drunk and is like, "Hey, you up? And you want to grind some? Like, yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, I definitely want to grind." <laughs> So, yeah. I don't like that at all. I love that I think that's great. Yeah. I liked it. I think that was excellent. Uh. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this forever. Uh, not forever, a few weeks now. Uh, <laughs> vampire. Since the dawn of time, <laughs> the vampire race. For hundreds of years. Uh, no, I got a, I, I've been playing a bit of Vampire, the uh, the Dauntnod mm-hmm. game that came out. I believe out. it's pronounced Wampir. Wampir. Yeah. Yeah. just don't nod. Just say uh, don't nod. It is don't nod. I asked them. And they say it don't nod. I asked them. Whatever the hell. You started this don't nod thing. You're the one who started this. These French people made a game about the the fang men of the night who do the biting of the neck. It's pronounced don't nads. Whatever it is. The don't nads. I don't know what you call Anyway, this game is. It doesn't look like a don't nod game. It's crazy. This game is. What I mean, what does that mean? Because they've made. They made Remember Me and they made Life is Strange. Yes, cool. And it doesn't look like those. Yeah. I mean, this is. This one is. It, so basically the setting is it's 1918 uh, London and there's the Spanish influenza outbreak so there's like piles of dead people in the street it's very moody and creepy and you are a vampire but you're also a doctor and so like this is Dr. Acula it is a Dr. Acula game it is straight <laughs> up it is, that is exactly what it is um, but you have to go out in the night and uh, you the, the combat is is like blood ish uh, it's it's definitely not as as like punishingly difficult. But I it's heard it's, similar. it's actually fairly easy. It's yeah, you get you do. That's the thing is you 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 bite people and you get you get XP by eating people. Nice. And oh, it's like, it's, like prototype. It's, the whole thing though is is you're a doctor. You're yeah, not supposed prototype. to you're not supposed to eat people. You're supposed to sort of behave yourself. So it 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 does the whole sort of Bioware like morality system thing. Oh cool. Um, 
it's definitely like it's you know it's not perfect, but it's, I heard it's really buggy. It's I haven't encountered really any bugs. Okay, you and Brandon um, said that, but I've heard I've just seen people on the internet, which right. is a very reliable source, all talking right. about it being buggy. And I'm curious, like if it's a, it's a platform specific bugs, like maybe people on PC having problems or I mean, some bugs. Some bugs are good bugs, though. That is true, but these I did, are like game breaking like crashes. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I did see a herd of I did see a herd of gazelle just like running through the sky in Assassin's Creed Odyssey the other day. Or, <laughs> my, uh, my dog in Fallout 4 got stuck in buildings a lot, and I was a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah okay. I couldn't. I started Fallout 4 twice, got ten hours in. Okay. So Vampire was the game that I was playing that I was trying to. They were running through the sky like this. Good lord! Uh, No, I don't know. It's just it's it's a neat. It's I feel like Don't Nod does a lot of stuff where they they are really ambitious with like systems and they want to try a whole lot of stuff. And in this case, it's the first time where I'm like, "Ooh, you have my attention. This is interesting." This game has been such a big question mark for such a long time. Um, You know, this is our biggest game of the show. So yeah, 2016. Well, yeah. So I I book all of our appointments on the live show and I book this game on 2016 just as like. Okay, sure, bring this weird game on. It's fine. And then it did like a hajillion mm-hmm. views in VOD, and we were like, whoa, what people is this? Yeah, and turns out people love a good Wampir. I don't And um, But it, everything that we've seen of it has had this sort of like, well, that looks a little janky, or that's a little weird, but this is pretty cool. Is that so, you? Yeah, here I am. And actually, the guy in it does Titular look a lot vampire. Like, uh, um, wow. This is Dr. Acula. Uh, Dr. Zacula, really. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, I told you that. I came into work after playing this, and I was like, hey, Zach, you're probably going to get some weirdos on the internet tweeting photos of this vampire at you because he kind of. Barrett has like, paused it. The fact that he's yeah. paused it he's makes, trying, makes yeah, me think he's, he's trying, trying to, to put your face weird, on it. Yeah. I know you, uh, Barrett. Yeah. I know what you're about. No, I, I, I definitely. But uh, they're also working on that Twin Mirrors game. Yeah. Um, which I'm super interested in because it looks like Deadly Premonition. <laughs> Nailed I it. Love these straighten your face a little bit. Why? I, can't, I don't know how cameras work. If you're listening to the audio, I'm sorry. And if you're watching the video, I'm also sorry. Because Zach is now in the vampire man. Uh, no, I, I think it's it's just, I really respect that they took the time to like to tinker with this and make this whole weird system. It's it's weirdly complex because you go around and, you know, in the same way that you're trying to like build like a, a connection with people in Mass Effect 2. And you're, yeah. like, you're like, I'm going to go and get to know these people and we're really going to get tight. In this case, you do that because you the, 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 the healthier they are, the more valuable their blood is so you're like oh you're feeling bad you want a cold you want cold medicine you, you want to f- and you give them the medicine and you're like oh, how's your life and you get to know them you unlock these hints and find their backstory and then you're like ah i have maxed out your blood and now i will bite you in the neck and become more powerful maximum so, blood yeah all right we're getting all very uh, too much silly I, I Andrew, also, what are you playing uh so sorry guys i'm in the show in a couple months so of course i'm gonna talk about persona um i played the Persona dancing games that came out i played them in english at e3 but i also imported them on vita and got the platinum in both because i'm me <laughs> Um, and uh, those games are really fun. If you if you like those games, the Persona games, it's perfect fan service. It'll just you get to see all the characters again. They interact in weird, funny ways. Dance service, they're really cute. Dance, dance service, nice. dance tabletop service. Nice. Um, yeah, oh. there there's no story mode in them. So if you played Persona Four Dancing and were turned off by like the bajillion hour long visual novel that I really liked, but a lot of people yeah, hated. Yeah, that was the thing. Is like it bummed me out. Like I loved the visual novel stuff yeah, in Persona too. Four uh, Dancing All Night, and then when you were like, oh yeah, this doesn't have any of that. I was like, well, then what do I want to play it for? So this replaces it with. This this really so fascinating. All night. Yeah. yeah, this one does this weird. It's almost like Danganronpa. Honestly, it's a oh, first-person like exploration thing where you you have social links one through eight, and once you get people to five, you now get Max to explore. You get to explore <laughs> their living space in this weird like first-person way where you like interact with the environment. And I know it's a weird game, but through all their drawers and stuff. It is. Uh, they're coming here. They announced them for early 2019. I'm very curious to see how they sell them here because I feel like no one in America is going to buy a first-person <laughs> game. Yeah, so it's, you loving it's a little dated a Persona 3 game at this uh, point but yeah for people like P5 if you like the soundtrack and if you want to buy one of the last Vita games it's probably going to come to the yeah. US I, I would highly recommend this it's on PS4 also though what are you playing oh Witcher 3 
Ah, I saw nice, it playing nice. like a month and a half ago, and I'm God, I should try again. Do you start a new file or? Yep, I cool. started so completely good, from top, and I love it. I mean, oh. my thing is, I don't like Skyrim, but I like Fallout, and, me and too. for me, like, I, I never liked, like Witcher. I never liked The Witcher, but I feel like Cyberpunk is my tech answer oh. to the because fa- I don't like fantasy games. Like, I just don't get into. Okay, what about? It's not fairy really tale a games. Game. What about fairy tale games? Not fantasy, but fairy tale. I don't know. Like you just Fable? played a shitload of Kingdom like, Hearts. I, I like so. Fable. That's yeah. true. Okay, if you play, if you play The Witcher, and you pretend that you are the sort of the woodsman from fairy tales, like the, the guy who's just the yeah. woodsman. That's who you are. Have you tried you The it? Witcher? Yeah, I played like four hours of it okay. and just didn't. I, 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 I want to jump in further. Like, like, I was sucks, trying to cram it in for Game It beer, sucks to so. say this about any game, but you're when you're like, oh yeah, 15 hours in, it really picks up. But like, The Witcher is one of those games. Like, honestly, I've I've invested well over 250 hours in The Witcher, and it's one of those things where like, those first 15 hours, yeah, it was like a slog, but it's like, so I'll try again. It's, I, oh, I love it from the top, but I don't feel like it's, it's a fantasy game in the same way that... Skyrim is in that it is the characters in The Witcher feel a lot more grounded to me. Yeah. Like in that you sure they have insane magical abilities, but I feel like Geralt is just like kind of a dude who's like, all right, I I'm got also, a job to do, man. He's what like do you got really, for me? He's a, all right, I'll help you out, whatever. He's a really likable guy. I'm I like him a, a lot. I'm a whiny brat, and I yep. got a 360 or an Xbox One copy from the office, and I put a few hours in. And like, I really want to, if I restart it, I really want to do it on PS4 because I'd okay. rather get the that's, trophies. That's okay. We, we respect, respect that, that here a lot yeah. on the yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I should pick it up because the Cyberpunk demo blew me away so much mm-hmm. that I do feel like, obviously, I want to so see what they do. After yeah. all of my hype going into Witcher 3, there was actually a period early on where I was like, oh God, is this going to disappoint me? Because the opening area, like it starts in this sort of small town area where you kind of, you learn a few of the mechanics and it's like yeah. a tutorial yeah, hub kind of thing. Fight. And it's like, there's a bunch of cool stuff there, but at the same time I was sort of, kind of I was trying to complete this whole area and I was like, God, I hope this isn't the whole game. And that's so what I thought, like about it. It was, it was not, it and wasn't Assassin's this Creed huge, expansive, yeah. crazy thing. I was just like, I'm just in this little town. I like, thought I that first area in The Witcher 3 was the whole map. So I spent so much time in those opening hours just going to every question mark and every blip on the map and doing whatever activity was there. And then I hit a quest where they're like, oh, yeah, you got to go over there now. And I was like, oh, Oh, there's a whole other part of this map. Like, yeah, so... That was my bad. It's thing. a great game. Yeah, Power yeah. yeah I'll try again. I think Jonathan Dorbush is also playing. He's playing it right now. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm Plus so you happy can, everyone's playing The Witcher. You can you can ride on horsebacks and just lob people's heads off. It's so dope. Yeah, and your horse will climb a building by mistake or whatever. You can also just there's like a, a uh, roach. Is roach. There's like roach. Sucky. He's not the smartest horse yeah, in not, games. He's yeah, not great. Like riding riding the the mounts in Assassin's Creed where you can just like call they'll run right past you you hit a button jump on it and then you're like okay go to the destination and it just takes you there it's so funny to think about the witcher because roach is just like what? <laughs> i've had some like, like passive aggressive moments with roach where i'm like wait roach roach where are you roach and yeah. then it's just like i can see the blip and he's just like stuck on something i'm he's like roach, not he, as bad as drunk idiot he's still not as bad as any horse in zelda in breath yeah. of the wild where it's like uh your yeah. dumb horse can hear you shout <laughs> of the colossus dude like or, yeah. or even um like assassin's creed 3 like the horses in that roach horse. just got elevated to like number two horse no roach so. Roach is pretty great. You say he's a drunk idiot. One time I was in like Novigrad and I was like, Roach, where are you? And he just walked out of a bar and I was like, <laughs> yeah, my idiot man. confirmed. Someone's giving the horse beer. Good stuff. You can lead a horse to a bar, but you can't make him drink unless he feels unless like getting Roach. hammered. Guys, we uh, did it. The first podcast. We did it. Three. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So yeah, we, uh, we all have, we all have to pee. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our wonderful show or watching it. Uh, we're of course on all the things you can find us on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. He's Garfep. He's Zachary SD and she's Charles Anazard. I'm the only one who uses my real name on the internet. It what, was a smart idea. I what a not rube. Doing that, so. Um, yeah, we've got, I don't know, we've got more stuff coming up on IGN, so just keep an eye out. We're, we're tired. We love you. Thank you for sticking with us through our rambly post nonsense. We love you. Uh, yeah, and then that is the end of the show. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.